welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Here we talk about everything healthcare and technology, and I'm your host, James Somaru. Hey everybody, my guest this week is Sandeep Akaraji, he's the CEO and co-founder of ECHO, spelt E-X-O, which is a company reinventing ultrasound. And so currently 75% of the world's population do not have access to any form of medical imaging. And we all know that if made available, that basic medical imaging could help solve many life-saving issues, particularly at the moment, accurate diagnosis of COVID-19. Anyway, so Sandeep has recently led Echo through a Series B round, bringing the total they have raised to nearly $100 million. They are hiring some of the... Uh, best and brightest in the business, medical device talent, technology talent, and uh, Sandeep with his steady hand is guiding EXO forward through uh, every step of that journey. You're going to hear all about what he's up to with Echo on this podcast. I hope you enjoy. So Sandeep, welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, uh, great. Thank you, James, for for having me on uh, on on the podcast here today. You're very welcome. Whereabouts are you speaking to us from today, Sandeep? I'm actually uh, right outside Boston on on Cape Cod right now. Um, Took a a, a little bit of a holiday out here, uh, working working remotely from the beach. Very nice, very nice. And the whole world's obviously moving to working remotely. So uh, (laughs) I'm sure sure it's been a seamless seamless journey. Um, But... Yeah, obviously, Sandy. The, the the way that we tend to start these podcasts is we we get you to tell your story. And so, as I say, you know, most people start at around what university or if they had any dalliances with entrepreneurship in childhood. So, yeah, it'd be great to hear a bit about your background. Sure. Um, you know, I I, uh, I grew up in India, and uh, I, I, uh, I wanted to be a musician at one point, and. Uh, uh, had a, ended up having a scholarship to uh, go to school in the U.S. and uh, pretty quickly discovered that uh, didn't really a want to be a starving musician or, or really didn't have the uh, the talent to cut it at the uh, at the level I thought <laughs> I was going to be at. So what I what music that, did you play? Uh, jazz and blues, yeah. So, oh, very nice. Yeah. That's so cool. And, uh, <laughs> And so I guess I had to fall back on uh, my, my, my training as an engineer and a physicist. Um, so I think I, I started with, uh, I, th- I think, you know, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, my my uh, grandparents were, um, my, my uh, granddad was a doctor and uh, my grandmother was a nurse and they set up a hospital. This is uh, in post-colonial India and kind of, I mean, rebuilding wow. the country. And, um, and my father, uh, again, was an entrepreneur. Uh, he, uh, again, worked in the uh, early uh, space programs of India and then set up his own company. And so I guess I haven't known a <laughs> different lifestyle, uh, <laughs> you know. So I... I um, Getting a normal job was never on the table for you then by the, by the sounds of things. No, no. I guess, uh, you know, you... Uh, I, I guess in a way, going from being a musician to being an entrepreneur is not that difficult, different, you know, it's a uh, fair, fair. Uh, so, uh, listen, I mean, it's, uh, I caught the startup bug early um, and right out of college, I, um, I joined a startup in the Boston area. Um, again, at, at that point, this was really a, a garage startup, about three, four people. 
uh, in, in terms of very early development of uh, nanotechnology. Um, a lot of, uh, uh, and, and the company was, this was in the early 90s, so they weren't really, I mean, venture capital wasn't uh, really big at that point. And uh, we bootstrapped the company the, the old fashioned way in uh, writing DARPA proposals and proposals to uh, the national uh, uh, NIH out here. And uh, I was going to say, how do you bootstrap a nanotechnology startup? <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't seem like a, <laughs> an easy thing to do. Well, do you, I mean, do, you know, do you deliver uh, pizza or do you? <laughs> well, I mean, in the, in the early days, this was kind of I mean, writing a lot of government grants and, and receiving a, uh, okay. getting a bunch of sure. grants to, uh, to, to move the needle forward. In about 95, I remember, um, you know, one of the biggest companies in, in the U.S. at that point was a digital equipment corporation or, or DEC. And uh, we're kind of a, about the big competitor to IBM, uh, didn't see the whole PC thing coming and uh, uh, collapsed in 95. So we're just kind of, I mean, I think at the right, right place, the right time. So we ended up buying a lot of their equipment uh, from their foundries wow. and, uh, and setting up a manufacturing facility in Boston and uh, did some of the early chips in that area. Uh, in, and about the 96 timeframe, I mean, we saw this thing called the internet coming down the pipe. We said, hey, we've got to do something <laughs> for the internet. We hear this is going to be big. Uh, so um, so we, we focused on, on building um, uh, really uh, switching technologies for the backbone of the internet. At that point, I mean, some of these metro line switches were over a million dollars a channel. I mean, and today, if you can get uh, a couple of dollars a channel, you'd be lucky for, you know, so wow. <laughs> it's, uh, so we, uh, again, I mean, I think that was a, a, a good play. Um, the company was acquired by, um, by Corning uh, for about 750 million. And uh, that allowed seven hundred and fifty million. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Oof. That's and, a big uh, exit for a first time round. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, you know, so it, it was kind of. I mean, you know, what was interesting was kind of. I mean, teaming up with uh, with Faribors um, Masi, who was the uh, the founder out there, and it was just kind of a wild ride uh, from from a few people uh, to to building a, a seven fifty million dollar company. And uh, uh, that allowed me to take a, a couple of years off. Um, I spent some time uh, backpacking in, in, uh, in Africa and uh, mainly in West Africa and across the Sahara. And uh, wow. a couple of years later, uh, you know, Corning kind of approached me and said, hey, you want to buy the company back? <laughs> so I bought the company back. <laughs> And 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 uh, we uh, I ran that for 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 a few years, and uh, by that point, I'm you know uh, a few years later, I mean I wanted to do something different, and at this point, um, the Nintendo Wii had come out, and it said, "Geez, okay. you know, the, uh, you know, we're changing the, tack here quite significantly. This is great." <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, and 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 we were just kind of enamored by the uh, motion tracking technology in there, and said, "Hey, how about we uh, bring this, uh, you know, motion tracking to anything that moves?" Okay, that surely is a large market if we can put chips in everything that moves, right? I mean, 
Um, yeah. And that kind of, I mean, you know, started off my, uh, you know, my previous venture to this uh, called Jive. And Jive um, developed some of the fundamental technologies uh, for, for motion tracking. Um, and uh, this is now going into uh, everything, everything from uh, smartphones to watches to uh, augmented reality, virtual reality headsets. And uh, that company was acquired by, by a large semiconductor company on the West Coast. And uh, uh, I had a bit of a handcuff with them uh, in, in, you know, in commercializing that technology. And uh, about that time, I mean, it became abundantly clear that I wanted to do something, um, you know, that, that actually kind of, I mean, brought technologies to two places, uh, like West Africa, like hey, like the Sahara, that that can actually kind of I mean have impact on on human life at a fundamental level, right? I mean, you know, sure. And 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 as we kind of I mean looked at it, it became very clear that uh, you know the with the spiraling costs of healthcare around the world and just the lack of access of healthcare in, in, in the places that need it the most. Right. I mean, hmm. uh, so we knew something had to change as we, as we looked at it, uh, we looked at medical imaging granted, I had no experience in medical imaging, uh, but there was a world health organization uh, report that came out that said really, I mean, 75, 80% of the world had, had no access. And if there was a way of delivering ultrasound imaging, which was non-ionizing, non-radiative, so no harmful side effects sure. to the world, it could it could it could really change change the game. And uh, as we looked at it, I mean, it became clear that you know connecting the dots backward. I mean, you know, my my car- my career. Like, if I look at fundamentally, I mean, you know, my career move. I guess. Yeah, no particular pattern out here. This is just looking backward um, and trying to connect the dots. Um, you know, my, I think uh, what what I've been really good at, and and the teams that I work with have been really good at, is is taking um, is taking really large pieces of equipment and kit and using nanotechnology, semiconductors, a lot of software, signal processing. Um, to, to really change the economics of it, right? I mean, if you looked sure. at all of the motion tracking technologies, I mean, if you looked at the gyros, et cetera, uh, in, in early 2000s, I mean, these were thousands of dollars. I mean, today it's, it's a dollar on your wrist, right? And you don't even yeah. know it. So it was a similar kind of an epiphany that if you could actually do this with medical imaging and uh, put medical, imaging in the pockets of uh, caregivers worldwide. Okay, you could have a, a dramatic impact in, uh, in, in changing healthcare as we know. I mean, if you, if you look at uh, healthcare, a uh, dollar spent on actually medical imaging saves $3 of overall cost, okay? Mm. And, um, and we believe we can provide thousands of answers, okay, to common medical issues, okay, right in the pocket of caregivers, on-demand imaging, right? I mean, so everything from, um, hey, is it a broken bone? Is it a ruptured appendix, okay, to um, something that could be, I mean, you know, really serious, okay, like 
looking at looking for cardiovascular diseases or looking for cancers okay or looking at uh, progression of liver disease okay um, and then there's uh, or, or you know uh, if, you, if you look at emergency medicine right I mean you know one of the first things that happens today um, when uh, a trauma victim shows up is, is looking for internal bleeding looking for um, I mean, you know, look to see if the lungs puncture, if the heart's functioning okay, major organs are intact. Okay, mm. and now in the in the era of COVID, I mean, looking for uh, and diagnosing COVID in in a parking lot, right? I mean, mm. uh, and and making making a decision whether to uh, to look at the lungs to understand the level of consolidation in the lungs and decide whether to admit somebody or send them back home to self-quarantine, right? I mean, that's the power of uh, just a simple idea of what if you can put medical imaging in the pockets of uh, caregivers, right? I mean, so I think, I mean, we truly believe as, as this technology progresses, you know, this is going to be something that's ultimately going to end up on your kitchen cabinet, okay? Um, you know, it's just like a thermometer. I mean, we truly believe that in the, in the longer arc of things, that's, that's where this is headed. Um, and, and, and as we continue to miniaturize this and, and bring the cost cost down, uh, this is, you know, we, we, we really believe that this is going to get integrated into your health. Like so many things, right? I mean, um, if, if you look at the, the pace of technology adoption, I mean, you know, we've gone from, um, you know, if you just look over the last 10 years, I mean, you know, it's everybody and their grandmother is now using Facebook and Twitter and, you know, and, and um, the adoption has been, is, is been fantastic that way. Right. So clearly, I mean, you know, there's going to be some side effects of uh, what we're doing. Clearly, I think uh, we're going to subject the world to uh, nine more months of baby pictures ultimately, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is very true that is very true um so i've i've got i've got a view on this and i l- largely do agree with you. and i think i suppose just for our listeners to kind of position this uh, and where we're at in this story so far so obviously i'd like to i'd like to come back to your personal background but since but since you've mentioned the company and what you guys are doing what it essentially is, is you're changing the technology fundamentally behind ultrasound and you're doing so in such a stepwise manner that it allows the economics of ultrasound to change and it allows the way that ultrasound is done to change. And obviously, you know, me being a clinician by background and an anesthetist and intensivist, you know, practically by background, Absolutely. I spent a lot of time using an ultrasound machine. You know, I was, I, and we would as anesthetists use ultrasounds to just have a look at stuff more so than, than other clinicians would, you know, other clinicians would refer stuff to radiology to, to get something ultrasounded. Right. And, and they would get a report back. So it was behind this barrier of experts, but like what you're saying and similar to how I suppose an East use ultrasound at the moment, you know, they, they lug a big machine around and they have to put that big machine next to patient beds. And then they, they drag the probe and they use different sizes of probes to do different things and measure different ways. But I think obviously the way that ultrasound is going, which you, which you are very much part of with echo 
is the ultrasound is changing. The technology behind ultrasound has changed so much that people like yourself are now looking at machines that are smaller, single probes, the ability to look in better quality. All of these things are on the table, but also because of the technology, it's the fact that you then can then, you know, for argument's sake, connect it to an iPhone, connect it to a smartphone. And that then in the background allows the images to be collected. It allows analysis of the images. It, it allows machine learning to be thrown in there and, you know, all other associated buzzwords. And all of a sudden Absolutely. it gets to the point where exactly like you've said, it starts, you start ending up thinking about, well, hold on a minute. If, if you follow this arc long term, where does this end? Because previously, as you said, with, with like a, a gyroscope, or whatever it is, it, en it ends up being behind the, the, the veil of the experts using this stuff and costing God knows how much. But then eventually it just it ends up on your wrist as a consumer device. And when, it, when, you, when you remove the need for the expert, or perhaps that's a bit too strong, but you know, for certain things, you don't necessarily need an expert. So for example, you can get an ECG on your Apple Watch now that, that can detect AF and show you when you've got atrial fibrillation and, and alert you that something might be wrong. In a similar way, I completely agree with you that the ability for ultrasound probes to just be sat on the kitchen table just as a, just as, as a thermometer is, I, I believe too that, that the arc is, is that way because you think about people that ignore a lump, let's say. Plenty of those people exist in the world that ignore a lump, don't get it checked. It gets bigger, it gets bigger, it gets bigger. By the time they go and get it checked out, there's something seriously wrong and it's spread. And it's, you know, and you just wonder how many of those people, if there was something on the side, might have just stuck the probe on them, pressed go, and then just, you know, got a, a temporary prognosis or diagnosis onto their phone to then potentially get viewed down the line in the same way that people might do so with their Apple watch for a heart condition at the moment. And so, I don't know, that, that's probably quite a long monologue for me and quite rare that I do so on this, but I do feel so strongly that that, that is the path for you guys. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, I'm interested, I, I suppose in, in the vision that you've got and, and I suppose the specifics of the product to get you there. Sure. I, I, I think you're spot on in the longer arc of things. I mean, where this is headed. Okay. Ultimately, you know, if you, if you look at, you know, Echo is a Silicon Valley company, right? I mean, and if you look at what's, what Silicon Valley has gotten really good at, okay, is, is, is taking sand, converting it into silicon chips, and putting it into the pockets of billions of people worldwide, right? I mean, yeah. at a civilizational level, we've gotten really good at it. And, and now the question for us is, what can we make these chips do next? And because it's, it's yeah. fundamentally the economics of manufacturing and economics of scale are, are, are so different, okay? I mean, you've got billions of cell phones that, that sell uh, you know, that are out there, okay. Um, and 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 if you look at, I mean, the amount of silicon content that we end up using without even knowing, right? I mean, it's just it's it's mind-boggling. But you know, to step back, I mean, as as our point of entry, we we are really focused on on, on caregivers right now. 
on doctors, mm. uh, physicians, um, nurses. Okay, how could we upskill nurses so that they can they can actually take on uh, more of, more of this kind of work, right? In 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 bringing uh, the the cost of imaging down. Uh, for instance, I mean, you know, something as simple as looking for bladder volume or um, something that's done routinely. I mean, you know, millions of IVs and pick lines and central central lines and radial lines that that all have to be uh, installed, right? I mean, on a yeah. daily basis, uh, and and very often, I mean, you know, the patient becomes a pincushion for um, you know these these cat these insertions. How about a simple tool that actually allows them to see where the needle's going and make sure it's going in the right place, and uh, you, yeah. you do it, uh, and 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 you know, furthermore, for for people like like you, James, I mean, for, you know, in, in delivering a nerve block, okay, to make sure that you're actually delivering it in the, in the, in the right area and not hitting a nerve. Um, you know, I mean, I think that's the power of providing an on-demand window into the human body, right? I mean, that's essentially what we're doing. I mean, is it, is it that different from, you know, in, 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 in a sense, it's, it's, it's like, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to give myself away, but it's it's like a, a sonic screwdriver right, for the ball. <laughs> Such an engineer's answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so whereabouts are you guys with it right now? Obviously, I saw. I think it was you know, in the summer at some point. You know, you've raised you've raised a fair but whack of money to to get this done, and I'm interested in where you guys are on the pathway in terms of where's the product is it is it going to market anytime mm -hmm. soon but yeah tell me tell me about that no, absolutely um you know we, we, we've raised about over a hundred million dollars to date uh, to, to make this a reality okay and um and, and and clearly i mean you know for for us it's 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 not just about the quantity of dollars that we raise but the partners we have around the table are, are helping us um you know, in, in uh, some of our investors are partners as well. I mean, and we've got a very strong set of uh, uh, investors ranging from Intel, uh, Intel Capital, uh, to GlaxoSmithKline, uh, uh, GSK's uh, Venture, VentureOn, to Sony, to TDK, to uh, Applied Materials. I mean, you know, a lot of brain power around the table and <laughs> just name dropping there love it <laughs> a bit off because i think it you know for, for, to do something of this magnitude okay really really takes um working across industries right and and, yeah. and uh this is something that you know listen i mean you know we're about 80 people at the company right now right and, mm. and uh, but Really, I mean, we're we're, we're leveraging, um, you know, what these giants bring to the table. Okay, and, and and I think, I mean, that's the amazing thing about being in the valley is 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 the ecosystems out there to kind of, I mean, uh, you know, to to pursue these grand visions. And uh, we are, um, you know, in terms of the product itself, I mean, you know, we we actually hope this is going to be in in the pockets of physicians next year. So we're, we're pretty, pretty far along, uh, you know, where we're at. And we're really excited by <laughs> what we're seeing in our labs. 
um, you know, and, and just the, the clarity of uh, the imaging that we are, were able to see, I mean, you know, and in, 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 in something that uh, you'll, you'll just have to wait and see. I mean, it's going to be spectacular. Sure. And the improvement itself, I'm interested in this because part of obviously the business model behind raising so much money and being able to get this to market quickly is that obviously then it does provide this, you know, the, the terms overused, but disruptive element that, you know, the element that it can really beat the, the ultrasound machines that are out there right now and do so and give a significant improvement to the clinicians enough that it can be, you know, purchased at scale. And I think there's, so I'm, in, I'm interested on, on one hand, what, you know, what the improvements actually are to do that. Um, and the other thing that I'm interested in, I suppose, is the changes that you expect to see in healthcare. Because for me, when we talk about that long arc, which eventually leads to it sat on the kitchen counter, it doesn't even look like an ultrasound probe anymore because the technology has advanced so much. It's probably just a, you know, an appendage to, to your smartphone or whatever it is back in that, in that future. But I think that there is one step along that line that I think is going to happen extremely quickly, which is the move to point of care ultrasound. And I think you've mentioned it that kind of we're going to move from this model, I believe, of you send things to somebody to get to get an ultrasound and you get a report back. That's kind of how it works in healthcare. But I think just as we do kind of a little bit as an as anesthetist, I can see a world where most doctors are trained on point of care ultrasound it sort of replaces the stethoscope pretty quickly well not replaces the stethoscope, but maybe it is just part of the stethoscope that the future doctors have initially and i think that is around the corner quite soon followed by then obviously the consumerization of it i suppose um but yeah i'm interested in in, in the improvements yeah. and i suppose where you see those first the, the first, I suppose, disruption of healthcare, and, and, and if you agree with me, sure. I think there was there was a, a how question in there just to clarify, and uh, you know how how are we doing this, and what are the improvements there, right? And then there is a, a, a where question in there in terms of I mean where is this going to get adopted, and and yeah, next. So um, I'll I'll try and answer the how question first. Um, Broadly, I mean, if you if you look at why we chose ultrasound, a it's as I mentioned earlier, this is this is non-radiating, non-ionizing, right? So um, it's 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 a it's a safe modality. Uh, but more importantly, uh, you know, all the current ultrasound machines, okay, that you you buy out there, they're fundamentally based on World War II technology. Okay. Yeah. Things happen changed very much and and the business models that kind of i mean you know get get built around that are are these what are called these ultrasound cows right caught caught on wheels okay that get yeah, extra yeah. right i mean and 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 so you have fundamentally i mean you know companies that they're in 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 the business of selling big boxes okay in a certain way and at certain price points i mean these are not cheap Okay, these 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 will set anybody back. Uh, you know, a good quality one would be in you know anywhere in the uh, starting at forty fifty thousand dollars, right? And and anywhere yeah. up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars, okay, or more, fully loaded. 
So we're, we're, we're talking about, I mean, pretty expensive pieces of kit, okay? And these are all kind of, I mean, if you recall ultrasound today, these are all kind of, I mean, well-operated kilowatt power supplies and, you know, these, these are massive pieces of kit. To be able to take that and to reduce the, the size, weight, power, uh, and, and, and the cost, okay, by a significant, significant uh, in a factor, right? I mean, we're talking about reductions in size, weight, power, right? you know, several, yeah. several hundred times. And the cost as well, right? I mean, it, it takes something fundamentally new and fundamentally radical to do that. And, and that's our, our, our core technology that we've invented of, of uh, putting ultrasound on a chip. I mean, people have tried to crack this for, for years, okay? And there are machines kind of, I mean, based on, you know, other uh, chip-based uh, ultrasound, but the imaging quality has been really poor. You know, so the challenge has been, you know, it's it's how do you how do you get really high quality at really low cost? I mean, nobody had cracked, mm. okay? and I think that's what we we've fundamentally cracked is how do you kind of I mean give somebody the same high quality, okay, um, that that is needed because I mean these are these are about life and death situations in in many cases, right? And, and this is about. Um, you know, so, you know, we, we can't necessarily sacrifice on quality and say, hey, you know, you have a lower price, simply have a lower price device. So to be, to be able to do that, I mean, clearly takes a, a, a huge amount of brain power um, and uh, just a huge amount of gumption as well, right? I mean, to be able to say, you know, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and listen, I mean, some of these ended up, end up being um, a leap of faith and, uh, for the, for the first three years uh, as a company, I mean, we said, hey, you know, can we even solve this? And, and we, you know, we, um, for the first three years, we were literally in a garage, <laughs> okay? And, uh, wow. um, and uh, this is my uh, co-founder, um, Yusuf Huck, um, Yusuf's garage until um, his, uh, uh, his wife decided that she needed the uh, <laughs> space <laughs> space for her car back yeah indeed. exactly <laughs> um but but that, that listen i mean you know these big ideas taught um my 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 feeling out here is listen at, at the end of the day ideas are precious in the sense that they're also very fragile okay and they need a lot of love and need a lot of uh nurturing in in, in the early days before they can actually kind of i mean grow from that gem of an idea in your head to something actually tangible. And, and then it takes, I mean, you know, years of, of refining that to kind of, I mean, bring that to market. And uh, so I think, you know, we're, we're at, at, you know, what's, what's exciting right now is, I mean, we've been in stealth mode for, for the last few years and kind of, I mean, emerging from that. Um, it's been, you know, it's, 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 clearly taken a lot of hard work, a lot of uh, intellectual power, and, and clearly, I mean, yeah, a significant amount of capital as well. Okay, these, these are things that, mm. um, you know, re uh, require a massive amount of capital to, to make, make it work. And, and, and increasingly, um, 
Yeah, so I'll, I'll, that's, that's a little bit on the how side of things. And I think the, the other question that you had was where, where are people going to use this? I think you're spot on again. I mean, this is about ultrasound at the point of care. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you go on, um, on, on Twitter or, or Facebook, I mean, there's, there's a number of, uh, you know, hashtag POCUS, point of care ultrasound. It's like a movement, isn't it? It is. The it, point it's of care ultrasound. It is like a movement. It's super interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's, it's, it's actually kind of, I mean, the, the energy and the passion of, 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 of the physicians and kind of, I mean, you know, it, this is, this is, this is happening, uh, very organically in hospitals. Okay. This is happening uh, because I think the, the, uh, listen, I mean, our job out here is, is one of being tool makers. Okay. And, you know, we, we want to kind of make sure that we are providing the best possible tools. Okay. To, to every frontline worker out there right now. Right. I mean, I think mm. if you look at the emergency physicians and the critical care physicians and nurses, I mean, they're, they're literally the heroes of this war against this virus. Right. I mean, they are the heroes and, and our goal initially is to provide, I mean, you know, we're going to be limited in, in what we can produce and day one, okay. As we scale up our operations, mm. but we first want to make sure that, that, the people who are on the front lines have access to these tools. We're going to start there and, and we're going to kind of expand from there. Okay. And, uh, you know, what's also amazing about, I mean, you know, some of the emergency physicians and, uh, and, and nurses is, is, you know, they're super approachable and they kind of have this passion to teach this to other doctors. Right. And, and now, um, every other specialty kind of, I mean, you know, is, is learning from, um, from these focus, uh, specialists, uh, you know, and then learning the power of looking into the human body, not just having an instrument that hears sounds inside the body, but, but actually, you know, look at the heart. I mean, just don't, you know, why just here? Look at the liver. <laughs> you know, it's it's just as, and and I think that immediacy of of uh, uh, you know finding answers, and and what's what's interesting is is you know so many of these people I mean you know are openly share what they're finding uh, to to doctors across the world uh, on on Inst on Instagram on Twitter, uh, and it's just kind of that as you said I mean it's a movement. Um, and, and doctors around the world are now clamoring for this, uh, uh, you know, clamoring to to use this in 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 their in their daily lives. And and I think it's going to go from there to nurses, to uh, physicians assistants, to EMTs. I mean, you know, this is. Uh, I mean, imagine an EMT actually doing a scan in an ambulance, or you know, and and. Uh, understanding what's happening okay i mean you know i mean very often i mean we hear cases i mean where where the empties like hey doc i couldn't install a line right i mean i couldn't get a line in because somebody's under trauma i mean they're sometimes their veins get shot and then yep. just doing something like that is, is is problematic okay so 
so ultimately, I mean, I think that's um, that's that's how we kind of, I mean, look at the adoption uh, in 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 the in the short term. In, in, in mm-hmm. listen, I mean, in terms of the longer term, um, we we think this this is an idea that has legs as we kind of, I mean, you know, bring the cost down. And and you know, as I said, I mean, if you look at what's happened to gyroscopes, right? I mean, there are these motion sensors that are on your wrist right now, mm-hmm. tracking your mm-hmm. motion okay, or your cars or I mean, these are a dollar a pop right now, right? And then at some mm-hmm. point, this is, I think you're right. I mean, it's not going to look like a, an ultrasound wand. This, no. you know, it's going to evolve into different form factors. I mean, this is going to be, um, ultimately become patches that, that provide, uh, you know, views into, into the body. I mean, you know, you, you, and, and, but I think the, the imaging is just one part of it. I mean, the other part of it is actually providing the, uh, you know, the answers. And I think as, as, as some of the algorithms and machine learning uh, algorithms get better, okay, um, you know, it, it provides um, differential, allows you to actually do differential diagnosis, right? I mean, you know, and that's, that's, that's where it's headed to. Uh, like you said, I mean, you know, to be able to quickly look at tissue okay and understand could it could this be cancerous i mean this lump that you know somebody has is is it Mm. it, you know is it uh is it an abscess of some sort is it cancerous is it you know is it a cyst Mm. i mean Mm. um, and 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 having those answers i mean in your kitchen actually i mean you know either allows you to kind of i mean um quickly get care or, or, or at a minimum kind of I mean, reduce your stress level about it. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's always useful to say at this point that I, I, I don't think any of, of these technologies will replace clinicians. There's always going to be a need for humans to, at the very least, put the care in healthcare. But I think that technology like this can certainly do a job, as you rightly put, even if it's to, to ease people's minds even if it's to put their minds at rest and say that something okay is okay and if it's not then they need to then go and see a human to, to get it looked at i think it's always going to start there and who knows where yeah. it ends but. yeah you know I, I i i often kind of i mean I'm, I'm i'm not a technology pessimist in the sense that i don't think this is you know these are tools okay yeah and, and i think if you if you look at you know, doctors worldwide and, and healthcare systems worldwide. These are overstressed systems, okay? And I think we look at these as tools that ultimately help people do their jobs better, okay? None of this is, 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 is going to replace um, the, 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 the humans in the loop, right? I mean, I think it just, I mean, you know, it may actually kind of increase and, in, you know, the, 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 uh, put more of a stress, right? I mean, the shorter term as, as, as somebody who may have ignored something, uh, you know, is actually kind of, yeah. they, they need to take care of this, right? I mean, so I, I look at all of these AI technologies, okay? I mean, I think things get overblown that, yeah, I mean, you know, X skills Y, right? I mean, and, and you know, the, um, listen, I mean, you know, if you, if you think about it, things evolve, right? I mean, 
video didn't kill the radio star. I mean, we still have podcasts <laughs> just evolved. Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're just back around to uh, radio on demand with podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think things evolve and change, and uh, you know, it's it's. I, I simply, I, I kind of, I mean, shake my head um, when, when when people come up come up with. Oh my God, that's going to take away something, right? I mean, you know, it, it, mm. I think everybody loves a scare story, uh, <laughs> but it sells more, uh, you know, more print probably. <laughs> but, uh, that's the that's the world that we live in. When I think I said this on a different episode, but when you can when you can monetize attention, this is what you end up getting into the uh, the scare tactics and the fear and everything mm-hmm. because you can monetize attention with adverts and that's essentially where we're at with that stuff but obviously don't want to get dragged into that with you all I've got you on the podcast <laughs> I'm I I, I want to uh, I want to I want to speak to you a, a bit about your background and a bit about what you've learned from I guess a, an entrepreneurship perspective we normally do it the other way around on this podcast and talk about your background at the beginning but I I'm interested because you've you've obviously got experience leading multiple startups. You've you've you know raised huge amounts of money for different companies. You've raised even during a pandemic. There are so many skills inherently, I suppose, that you have as an entrepreneur. I'm interested, I suppose, in uh, especially given the fact that you're from a lineage of entrepreneurs by the sounds of things. Do you think you were a born entrepreneur, or do you think a lot of the skills that you have as an entrepreneur were learned? I, I think I've, I've learned, I mean, I think everything is learned, okay, whether it's kind of, I mean, from your parents or your, uh, you know, families or colleagues or people, people you work with or people you observe and, you know, and, and admire, right? I mean, you know, it's, uh, um, so I, I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm firmly of the belief that, uh, uh, you know, listen if you can get better at it you're not born with yeah yeah fair and from a from a leadership perspective one of the things that i'm interested in from a real personal perspective here is that i'm interested in in good leaders and good leadership I'm, i'm interested in those qualities and i'm interested in in how people get that done i look at it in sport quite a lot because those leaders are very visible i'm always interested in their interviews and how they talk about their players i.e their team and all that side of things and that stuff really fascinates me and and kind of propels me to becoming a better leader in 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 my company and things like that i'm interested in in your take on this i'm interested in in what what traits do you think uh, or, or let's put it let's frame it a different way what what lessons have you learned in leadership from leading the tech startups that you have done especially when you consider you know exits close to a billion and and things like that of all the of all the times you've been involved in startups particularly those that you've led well i, I think you know clearly uh, <laughs> it's leadership without a team makes no sense right i mean you know you can <laughs> <laughs> You can be a solo artist, okay? And, and, and <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, I mean, I think ultimately um, putting together, you know, core team out here is, is it's it's no different than than forming a band, right? I mean, and 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 if you look at the Echo team, uh, one of the things we've been very fortunate about is 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 having a lot of. Uh, people from a lot of different backgrounds. I mean, you know, our CTO, Yusuf Huck, and co-founder, 
Um, he's originally from Bangladesh, um, and he was part of a, a, a startup uh, called Maxon, which is now actually recently got acquired for about twenty-two billion. Um, and uh, you know, a real leader in the semiconductor space. Uh, to Janusz Brzezak. Janusz is uh, originally from from Poland, and um, and, and he's he's done about uh, ten different startups in 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 the uh, in the nanotechnology space. Um, to uh, John Kukulis, who was uh, one of the other co-founders, um, and and his background again. I mean, he um, you know has been in the healthcare space. Uh, in fact, ran. Um, Tricare, uh, which is uh, the military, uh, the the healthcare organization that serves the U.S. military, uh, to you know some of the other folks that we have on board, uh, you know from from uh, you know Simon, uh, who's been instrumental in in building uh, the original iPod, iPhone, iPad, uh, to products like the Google Glass. Um, to Joe Adam, I mean, he was on a team that took uh, Skyworks uh, public. Uh, Skyworks is, is provides a lot of the chipsets in every every smartphone today. Uh, to people from from with deep imaging backgrounds uh, like Kutai, uh, who again, I mean, spent his career in ultrasound and developing all of the imaging algorithms to, to converting the electrical signals that actually form. The images, okay, and as as we kind of I mean build build on the uh, the commercial team. I mean we've been really fortunate uh, to to bring on um, Jeff Pfeiffer and Andy Bertus, and Andy's uh, joined us recently as a uh, um, VP of uh, Sales, and he was previously he led um, the global point of care. Um, Ultrasound for for uh, GE, uh, one of the largest ultrasound uh, um, businesses out there. Uh, so just kind of I mean having both industry insiders and industry outsiders um, as as part of the team has been uh, has been amazing. And and increasingly, I mean we're adding a lot more uh, software and AI talent. Um, you know, and Miles Wernick uh, joined us. Uh, he's one day a week a professor at uh, um, IIT Chicago, where he runs the Medical Imaging Research Center. I mean, very well-known name in, in 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 medical imaging. But I think you know we we've tended to kind of I mean go and and hire some of the people who are at the top of their game, and and provide an environment where people can do the best work of their lives. Right. I mean, that's our goal out here. Is is we see Echo as a place where uh, people come and, and do the best work of their lives. Okay, I think there's work and there's life's work. And I feel fortunate that we're all doing our life's work here at this company. Amazing. Sandy, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I've, I've loved hearing about what you're up to. It seems like there's a real... There's a, there's a real impact-driven element behind you. I say it all, pretty much every week that, that the people that end up in health tech certainly have come back to this desire to, to really change something for society or to make something better based on the experience they've had. And I think for yourself, it's no different. Obviously, you've got fresh eyes from an engineering perspective and a tech perspective coming into healthcare. You've seen a problem that you think you can solve, which has enormous potential. 
in terms of the the economics and the scale to transform what is fundamentally well a fundamental technology within healthcare and i think the ability to actually change the economics of that as i say will produce change at such a scale that healthcare will be improved globally we talked about you know the long arc being a point where who knows it might be sat on your counter even part of your smartphone or indeed whatever device you have at that point implanted in you but um clearly there's 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 a good uh, it's a good path that we're on by you know changing a really old technology in i believe it's piezoelectric crystals what ultrasound is based on at the moment if my anesthetics training hasn't left me um onto onto semiconductors and chips and all that sort of stuff which which you know sounds sounds very simple when you put it like that but obviously a heck of a lot of work goes into the background particularly keeping the quality as such which is going to be the key element to to making this such a scalable solution which it sounds like you've got a real attention to detail on so i am I, I don't think i need to wish you any luck in this i think you've you've got far more ability behind you than needing luck but at the same time i do wish you all the best with echo i think it will do incredible things for the healthcare space and my final question would be that if anybody is that is listening wants to get in touch with with echo and or yourself what's the best way for them to get in touch with you um well first i'm, I'm gonna thank you james for um providing me a voice out here today and uh, uh absolute pleasure uh, you know clearly we're building these kind of products for people like you right i mean and uh so you know i've, I've, I've learned a lot and kind of i mean how you know just over the course of the uh last uh, hour and, and how you think about it and um it's it's um you know just just finding that energy that you kind of i mean put out been amazing okay thank you um so uh for for uh, everyone who's listening you can find us online at uh, echo.inc that's exo.inc or uh, you can follow us and on twitter facebook and instagram at the echo effect the exo e-f-f-e-c-t um I look forward to hearing from uh, a lot of your listeners. Thank you, Sandeep. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.